Hello and welcome to Nerd Vomit. My name is Doug. I'm a nerd and this is my vomit. Flying solo again. Troy's under the weather. So we're giving him a week to recuperate. He's lost his voice, which does nothing for podcasting. Speaking of things that uh, do something for podcasting, the pipes are calling. Not what I was originally going to say, but that's what happens. Big announcement. First, uh, we got approved for Denver Pop Culture Con, or Denver Comic Con, as I'm used to saying. So, interchangeable, really. So, we'll be uh, getting ready for uh, Denver Comic Con, DCC, I still call it. Uh, but, the great news. I'm so excited. Bunch of great guests. Uh, panels, Q&As, uh, pictures, cosplay, the whole rigmarole, the whole grandeur of it is going to be fantastic. Uh, we'll hopefully be getting some uh, great audio, like I said. I don't have the guests right off the top of my head, but I, knew, I do know Talis and uh, Jaffe from, uh, I believe it's Critical Role Podcast. Uh, we have like a personal connection with him. We interviewed him at NDK and had a blast with him, so I'm hoping we do get to sit down with him, um, as opposed to just being at panels and Q&As with him. So, um, more on that as uh, it develops, and I'll maybe next week I'll talk about some of the guests. But we have a lot to get into on the Vomitorium. Speaking of things on podcasts as well, I watched the Earbuds documentary, which was put together by Chris Mancini and Graham Elwood of the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. I know Graham Elwood from Doug Loves Movies. Um, he's a name in podcasting and, and comedy. And this is uh, a documentary that I, I want, I've wanted to see since it was on the indie circuit. And it just, it, it was one of those I just kept forgetting about it. And then I, I saw something about it was trending and I'm like, oh shit. So I watched it and it's it's fantastic. I mean, it's it doesn't bring a lot to the table for me because I know what a podcast is. I'm doing one right now. I know how easy it is. I'm doing one right now. Um, I know the kind of community it builds and has uh, garnered because I'm doing one right now and I'm part of that community and I'm part of that family. Um, but talking about how the guests interact with, um, or the hosts interact with guests, I, I could say, um, how the audience interacts with the hosts is fantastic. Some great stories there. Um, you know, always great to see they have Graham Elwood and Mike Schmidt and Doug Benson and Chris Hardwick. Um, um, among um, Keith and the girl who, there's Keith and then the girl whose name I'm suddenly forgetting. Um, it, it didn't turn me on to anything new, like I said, but if you're wondering if this is, man, if this is your first podcast, then <laughs> sorry to, you know, pitch you right into the deep end. Um, oh no, this is Nerd Vomit. What am I talking about? I'm thinking this is a different show. Um, but if this is your first podcast, I do recommend, or, you know, you're, you're new to the whole thing, listening, creating, I do recommend the Earbuds po uh, documentary. It is, um, like I said, fantastic. It didn't bring me any new information, but I did enjoy the storytelling aspect of it and the interactions and seeing kind of different perspectives on what a podcast is and could be. Uh, let's, speaking of things that it could be good... Uh, it's finally getting better. Into the Badlands has returned. Now, I'm a couple weeks out from talking about this. Um, I'm a couple weeks behind, rather, because um, just, you know, with Troy joining the show, we don't have the time to get into everything, everything, everything. But um, Into the Badlands, I love. It's a 
Western kung fu. It's got some sci-fi elements on this final season, unfortunately, um, that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. It kind of brought in this weird um, kind of cyberpunk slash mysticism that I was kind of like, Ugh, where's this going? I don't... Uh. But they've kind of moved past it, and I kind of like that, and it's kind of gotten back to its kind of core ideals of being that, like, kung fu western um, take on the tale of the monkey king from Japanese lore and mythology. I love the show, and this is going to be a huge spoiler, so scrub or just be prepared for it. When Baji died, the sound I made was not human. I love Nick Frost. He's from a bunch of Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright stuff. Look him up. He's in Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, uh, World's End, uh, Box Trolls, I want to say. Um, he's done a bunch of nerd stuff, and he's fantastic in Into the Badlands. And I, I honestly, even if he was going to die, I didn't expect it until like this, like the finale. Um, so for him to suddenly get like up and murdered... In this last episode, which it's look at, I think like three or four episodes left. I, I was shocked. Did not see it coming at all. Like I said, the sound I made was not human, but it has returned to form. So I'm so excited to um, really be a part of the end of Into the Badlands. Speaking of something that uh, I was a part of, and I guess I'm not anymore, really. Um, and not that I was ever a part of Motley Crue. I'm not saying that, but I. Was in and out of bands for uh, several years into my youth. I watched The Dirt, the uh, adaptation of the Motley Crue autobiography, I guess we'll call it. It is the truest tale of debauchery. I've, I've read the book. It is the truest tale of sex, drugs, and rock and roll you're ever going to get. Um, and the movie did not disappoint. It was entertaining, uh, but it didn't have a whole lot of substance to it. It was kind of like, and then we did these drugs, and then we fucked these women, and then, you know, some life events happened. Of course, there was the death of um, the guy from Hanoi Rocks, and, you know, uh, Vince Neil doing 30 days uh, in jail for manslaughter, and that was a big thing. Um, I, you know, and, and his uh, daughter dying of childhood cancer, which is incredibly sad. But even in these, like, kind of, not only epic moments, but epic moments in these people's lives, um, I it didn't carry the gravitas I th felt in the book. Um, but I will say the acting was stellar. That Machine Gun Kelly guy, he's a rapper, I guess he's had beef with Eminem or something. Um, him as Tommy Lee was sublime. Not like maybe award-winning, uh, maybe like a critic's choice or something, people's choice maybe. But I mean, not like Remy Malik from Bohemian Rhapsody, but he did a great job being that that was his first kind of big acting role. And it was like as a main character. And, you know, obviously it's it's a split focus on the four members of Motley Crue. And he's one of them, uh, the drummer, Tommy Lee. And uh, he did fantastically. Everyone in the, in the movie did fantastically. I kind of like how they didn't necessarily pull people to who played real people um, like Ozzy Osbourne and... Oh my god, I'm blanking on the guy's name. The original singer to Van Halen. David Lee Roth. There we go. Um, they didn't get people that necessarily looked like them 100%, but could sound like them 100%, so I liked that. I liked that there was the gross-out uh, competition with Ozzy. That was one of my favorite parts of the book, where they're lapping up urine and doing lines of ants instead of cocaine. That's true. Ozzy's never denied it, though he says he doesn't remember it, and... You know, it was the 80s with Motley Crue and Ozzy, so it's amazing that anyone remembers anything in terms of that story. 
Things I Wish I Could Forget, Justice League versus The Fatal Five, the, the newest DC animated, and it's not that it's bad. Um, Batman and Harley Quinn was terrible. I, I, it's one of the few missteps from the DC animated stuff. Fatal Five, um, I liked the look of it. It returns, it, it's a return to the original like, Justice League style animation, which I love. Uh, that kind of Bruce Tim, Alex Toth inspired stuff. Of course, original voice cast George Newbern, Susan Eisenberg, uh, and Kevin Conroy, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman, respectively. The the Trinity of DC and the Trinity of voice actors for Justice League, but fighting the Fatal Five, which are of course very brutal team of five people from the future. They usually fight the uh, Legion of Superheroes, which is the thirtieth, thirtieth, thirty first century, if I'm remembering right. Um, you know, uh, multi-universal, uh, multi-planet kind of Justice League uh, analog. And the Justice League ends up fighting the Fatal Five through events that um, have a new Green Lantern, who's, I think, an original character for this. Uh, and it was all right. I mean, it, it just seemed very paint-by-number to me in terms of the the premise of it, of, you know, that they, you know, imprison two of the members of the Fatal Five in the past, because that's where, like, the best prisons were on Oa with the Green Lantern Corps, which is not around in the future for reasons that never really get described. Um, and, of course, you know, the uh, terrible three of the Fatal Five go back in time and get released and, you know, basically abduct the new Green Lantern uh, to, to free their team. And it's like, it, it was just, I mean, it, it could have been a two-part, you know, an hour-long episode. It didn't need to be a whole movie. I, I thought it was just kind of phoned in, in terms of the writing, so... Sorry. Um, once again, a, a rare misstep from uh, the DC Animated. It just seemed very piecemeal to me. Uh, things that I thought would be piecemeal but wasn't uh, is the Cloak & Dagger premiere. This is a show where I was impressed being that it's on Freeform, which is what ABC Family was. So I was a little twitchy about watching any kind of comic book adaptation on something with family in the name, because it's going to be a bit more wholesome and less um, mature, we'll say, in terms of language and violence and content. Um, but I was impressed by that first uh, season. Um, as an origin story goes, I mean, it was kind of long, but... Uh, and uh, there wasn't really a, a clear bad guy. It was like them kind of exercising their own personal demons between cloak and dagger and kind of this mysterious gas that makes people violent, and that was it, and it was kind of like, meh. But, I mean, the acting, the the dialogue was good. I mean, it was... They do, they do curse a little bit. It's not, you know, on the level of a hard R or anything, but they do say, like, dick and asshole a few times or shit. Um, and then when, you know, people get shot, they bleed. I mean, I, I was impressed by the production of it. Um, and I was kind of like, yeah, I'll check out the, uh, two episode premiere for season two. And man, was I not let down one. They've kind of jumped ahead, like I think six or eight months. So like they have better control of their powers. They're using them in different ways. They look better. Um, they have a, you know, bigger budget this season, which I like. And there's a clear-cut villain, Mayhem, who apparently is this, like, psychotic doppelganger of the detective from the first season. Um, I thought it was kind of a split personality thing, or maybe she came back from the dead wrong, a la Pet Cemetery. I guess we can call it Cop Cemetery. Uh, but it's like a doppelganger, apparently, is what you find out at the end of the premiere, the two-episode premiere. 
So I, I was very intrigued, and I look forward to this season because are they going to be able to stretch out that as the big bad for the whole thing? I would imagine not. So I'm interested to see if, if they kind of pivot anywhere else. Um, but I was very impressed by Cloak & Dagger Season 2. Something I am not impressed. The note says video game hell on the vomitorium. Man, I'm going to go to GameStop and, and sell some games. And it's just, I've had a bad run of things I think I would like. And last uh, time we were recorded with Troy and you heard me talk about Sekiro, or Sekiro, however you say it, the Shinobi game where Dead, uh, Shadows Die Twice, and how I died like several times during the tutorial. That game got so... It's just, it's so challenging, and I love the challenge of it, but the, like, lack of progress, where I, I couldn't figure out how to kill, like, these, like, three guys and sneak around them, and then I was like, okay, I figured that out, and then there were, like, four guys, I'm like, fuck, and I just, I couldn't get any progress, and I was getting frustrated, and I said, you know what, fuck, this game's not for me, so I picked up the Badlands, uh, I'm sorry, Badlands, I'm still stuck on that, the Borderlands Handsome Bundle, which is Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel, they call it. And it's a first-person shooter. And I'm, A, not good at those. So I, B, don't play them. Which means A plus B equals C, I suck. Um, I suck more than I would suck at a game I'm not playing. I, I The mechanics are a little lost on me. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't die in the tutorial, which was pleasant. Um, but I'm still not great at it. Um... And I'm not quitting. I'm I'm gonna try because the story is is fairly engaging. You play a a vault hunter, and I've got this little idiot robot sidekick, and I like the look of it. It's like this kind of shell uh, cell shaded like CGI that I, I like the look of it, and I like the world. It's just first person shooter game mechanics. I'm not a fan of, so I'm not quitting it. But I did put it down. I took a break from it to uh, play something I thought, once again, I would really like. Red Dead Redemption 2, which is like this like second highest rated and awarded game. It's celebrated as like a game of the year. And I got the deluxe edition. And I had a few friends who said that they couldn't get into it. And I was like, well, that's fucking weird. Maybe it's just them. Maybe it's like me with first-person shooters. Okay, I get it. I'll try it out for myself. Make my own opinion. Then espouse it on a podcast like so. The first, like, hour of that game is so boring. It's just you trudging through this blizzard. You're not even, like, trudging on your own. You have, like, a, a, a NPC, non-playable character, that you literally just hold a button and follow. Like, it's not engaging at all. You're listening to dialogue that you have, like, no context to about, like, them being on the run. And you're like, yeah, things went bad in this one town. You're like, well, but I don't know... Like, it's not, it didn't in grab me enough to go, well, what happened in that town? And you finally get to a point where, like, you, you shoot some, eh, we'll call them bad guys, but a rival, like, Western outlaw gang. And I just, I was kind of new the, to the mechanics, so I didn't do that great. But, I mean, I got through it. I killed them. And I, I can see why people didn't, gra it, it didn't grab me in the first couple hours. And I'm going to keep playing it kind of almost begrudgingly right now until the story picks up. It has to suck you in at some point, or it wouldn't be game of the year. It's when I picked up God of War, which I knew I was going to love regardless. Like, that game just grabbed me by the fucking balls and just dragged me through it, uh, and gleefully so, and I loved it. I mean, that's why that got game of the year as well, um, going against Red Dead Redemption 2. So I had high hopes for Red Dead 2 and was, was kind of let down by the first couple hours, but... 
Um, I, I'm going to trudge through it and hopefully it gets better once I get to explore and there's no blizzard um, and I figure out, you know, how to name my horse because I want to name him something like, I don't know, Cambry Quincy Putterbottom. Um, I just want to have a ton of fun naming my horse. I mean, that's, that's you know, I, I expect it to grab me like God of War and, and Horizon Zero Dawn and it, it hasn't. So I'm on a kind of video game health streak where I'm going to go to GameStop and trade in some stuff and maybe look around for a new game. I'm going to put in my uh, deposit for the uh, Star Wars Fallen Order uh, game, which I will talk about next week when Troy's here because we're going to have a whole thing about like the trailers that have been coming out. But I'm super excited for that game. And uh, that's it. I'm going to leave some more things for next week, but I'll, I'll kind of give you a bit of a teaser. We're going to talk about some trailers. And we're going to talk about The Tick Season 2, which I will be finished with by the time we record next week. And uh, I'm almost done reading uh, Cowboy Ninja Viking by A.J. Lieberman, which is going to be a movie with Chris Pratt. And it's fantastic. And if you're not in immediately intrigued by something called Cowboy Ninja Viking, then I don't even know why you're listening to this. So, on that note, uh, this has been Nerd Vomit. I'm Doug. Nerd. Yeah. Vomit. And I'm out. Like a boner in sweatpants. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.